In the over two years that I have been doing this radio program, I have been blessed with a number of outstanding guests. And there's one guest that I haven't had on in a while. You may have forgotten about him, but you need to hear more about him. He's my good friend, Bob Parks. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, it's got to be well before the year 2004 when I was first introduced and started reading online on a pretty regular basis material from Bob Parks. At that time, he had a a website called Black and Right. And now, along with his wife, Laura Erickson, he has a site called Black and Blonde Media. And, and I really have enjoyed the material that he has put out over the years. He is a, as he says, the uncomfortable conservative because he says it as it is. He addresses some issues that a lot of people are afraid to address because you might be called a racist or something really terrible. Bob Parks is a veteran. He has spent a lot of years in media, very talented very objective and has something that a lot of people in journalism completely lack today, that being common sense. You put on MSNBC, ABC, CBS, any of the American broadcast media, the BBC for that matter, I don't care, Australian Broadcasting Company, all of it, Canadian Broadcasting, they're a bunch of liars and they're all toting, they're all water toting an agenda. And they don't mind lying to you and keeping us divided. And Bob Parks, since, oh, I guess way back when I first started reading him, has been addressing those issues in a way that a lot of people would be afraid to say. And that's why he's my guest again today in the program. He's just an incredible guy. And it was funny. The other day, I got a text from Bob saying he was, he's like I am. Looking at all these pundits on whether it's regular TV, conservative TV, doesn't matter. The election cycle of 2022, there's so much noise out there. Wow. And and, and so he was just frustrated. He said, I've, I've about had it. And he's like I am. We've also about had it with phony and fake conservatives that run around trying to you know pander for our votes every two to four years, depending upon whether it's a congressional or presidential election, six years with a senatorial election. And basically we're being tired of of being spat upon by so-called conservatives. And so Bob said, I want to talk about that today. And that's why Bob is on the program. So my guest today from Black and Blonde Media, Bob Parks, so when you look at this election coming up in in November, give me some of the thoughts and impressions that are that are currently running running through your mind and your analysis. Well, when we see all or see and hear all of these evolving and um, spewed out polls that are saying, "Oh well, the red wave is starting to subside a little bit, and the Democrats are getting momentum." Let's just set all that aside and just go back to that little thing in your head called common sense. Mm -hmm. At at this point in time, yes, 
it's it, there is a very very good chance that the Republicans are going to take the House, take the Senate, and despite what what any of the any of the people that you that people consume on the news as far as um, newspapers or TV. You have to look at these things, not you, but people in general, have to look at these things like getting ready for the Super Bowl. Right. You have you have two teams. You have a reasonably good good idea which team is going to beat the other one. But for the run-up to the Super Bowl, the media has to have something to talk about. Oh, that's right. And they have to create some kind of drama because if we already know who's going to win then there are going to be a lot of people who are probably not going to even watch the game. And if they do, they're going to tune into the very end to see it. And that's going to affect advertisers in the world of politics. That affects donors. We can't have donors thinking that, well, the Republicans are going to shellac the Democrats. So why even bother don- donating to the Democrats? That's right. I mean, you know, who, why, why would anybody why need any money? That's right. Right. And- On either side. If you already know, because at the end of the day, at the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter what the hype is. It, it all comes down to what happens on the field. So in the case of politics, it doesn't matter what they tell us, how much money is spent. At the end of the day, it's who gets into the the, the, the ballot boxes and who has the greater turnout. Now, thanks to Joe Biden, mm-hmm. and I've been looking at the whole Joe Biden administration Mm -hmm. as if it was a proposal. If the guys from Monty Python were sitting down at a table and they were trying to come up with the uh, the plot line for a a satire on an American presidency. Right. Um, And then you have, well, let's pick the old daughter and fool and let's get for the vice president um, how about a black woman who is totally unqualified? Now they could. I mean, and then you look at the things that very things that Biden has done, as right. far as well. You have a secure border. Well, let's really let's undo that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a great economy. Let's um, let's let's spike inflation and and and, and, and um, demonize the energy industry. Mm-hmm. So nothing can. Tra- I mean, every single move they made would be something that the Monty Python guys would. Would would snicker at, but they would think it's too unrealistic to do. And and we would uh, do that in this context because it is so ridiculous. It makes it funny because nobody would really do that, right? But and we so are going to, so going into the midterms. There is no, I mean, and even going back to um, his Darth Vader speech. Oh yeah, he is given he is given Republicans every single incentive to show up at the polls. There is not there is not going to be any. Um, any kind of wavering on the right. Now, the left, here's the problem. The left, for the problem for the left, they have a choice. And we know how arrogant some liberal Democrats can be. They can either admit that they really screwed up in 2020 mm-hmm. in voting for Joe Biden. Right. Everything that has happened since is basically their fault, not Joe's, because they had to vote him in. So they can either go to the poll and vote Republican, which a lot of them, a lot of them are too arrogant to do. Right. Or they can go to the polls and vote Democrat and basically give us, you know, a, a, an okay to perpetuate 
the damage that they have done. Mm. Or the third option yep. is they can stay home. And I bet you a lot will take that third option. And so for that reason, that's why you've got all these pollsters. Now, the pollsters are another racket because, like, and I, I believe we've talked about this before, they always oversample Democrats so they can give the, their preferred media yeah, out. Yeah, by about 5% on average, of my, if I remember correctly, something that I just recently saw, literally 5%. Yeah, roughly about 5%. But a lot of these pollsters, they couldn't uh, um, exist on their own. They get contracted by the networks, by the news media, the newspapers, to their commission to do polls. And they kind of have to give the um, outlets the result that they want mm-hmm. because if they don't they're not going to they're not going to be published and then at, at some point they're not going to hire them anymore that's right so they always so they always give them this narrative that they want to hear so oh there's a the red wave is, is starting to turn into a little bit of a puddle right and the Democrats are coming back because they would much rather um, their biggest thing in motivator is the fact that their unprotected sex is now going to be interrupted. Thus, you know, the abortion issue is mm-hmm. going to drive them to the polls. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of, that's not going or, to Or they're going to make my pandemic go away. Well, and yeah. And so everything that the, the Democrats don't have anything to run on. Mm-hmm. The uh, student debt forgiveness, um, that is a big dud as far as the majority of Americans who haven't gotten college degrees or those who did get college degrees actually paid for them mm-hmm. so you know paid back their loans um but so the, everything that they're doing right now is pretty much a dud and they pretty much endorsed by votes if not if well, anything that wasn't an executive order by biden they've pretty much endorsed all of the pain that we're going through now so there is no real reason for anyone to vote democrat right now um the red wave it's a it, it's a great slogan, bumper sticker, mm-hmm. focus group um, term. I don't know if it's going to be a wave. A defeat is a defeat. You can win by one point, and that's a win. So um, the, I think the Republicans are going to do well. And, of course, the polls, as we know. And, yeah, and I'm going to say always, this. They're going to do well in spite of themselves. That, well, they will do well in spite of themselves. Now, the problem is going to be, and this is what always happens. The Democrats create a mess. The Republicans get called in to fix it. And then the Democrats start dictating the terms on how the Republicans should fix the mess. The mess right now is everything that Joe Biden has done. Now, if the Republicans take the House, the Republicans take the Senate, yeah, they can oversell and say, you know, this is what we're going to do. But at the end of the day, Biden either has to sign or veto whatever the Republican Congress does. And they're not going to have the majority to override the veto. Right. And then, of course, uh, Biden can scream obstructionist. Nothing is going to be fixed or not as much is going to be fixed. And then they can use that to go into the 2024 um, election cycle, saying that the Republicans had the House and the Senate. Nothing got done. They obstructed everything Joe Biden tried to do, even though pretty much they're going to put a, uh, at least put a stop to what he's doing mm-hmm. um, outside of whatever he's going to try to do as far as an executive order. But um, so it'll make the dynamic a lot um, inter- more interesting for 2024. And I think probably at this point, the best presidential ticket 
that we could possibly see would be Donald Trump for president and Ron DeSantis for vice president. Mm -hmm. That would give DeSantis four years with Trump as VP and then give him an additional potential eight years after that. That's right, for DeSantis. Right, so and, and he's young, and, and see, he's not like he's eighty years old or eighty-two or whatever. He is a young guy, and he would only be in his fifties when he's completing his term. You know, yeah, and the thing is, too, I mean, for those people who want DeSantis to run now, yeah, that's a great idea. But right now, Donald Trump is clearly the leader of the party. Mm-hmm. So let Donald Trump get back in fix everything that Joe Biden screwed up. And it's not going to take long for, for Donald Trump to reverse every all the damage, uh, at least um, legislatively, that uh, that Biden has done. The after effects will take maybe a little while, maybe take a year or two. Mm-hmm. But people will see the instant relief when energy prices, when we start investing in energy again and going back toward independent, energy independent. Now, the border situation is going to be very interesting because um, if you look at, we're averaging, what, about 2 million people a year? A year, or yeah. a million and a half. Mm-hmm. Well, it was about a million seven the first year. 2 million plus is going to be probably 2.5 million by the end of the second fiscal year of Biden. And who knows, within the next two years, how many more um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how it, and how he can solve the the problem, whether it's going, you know, because we've always heard Democrats also say, too, you, well, you can't just deport everybody. I think we can. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is that um, and I and I wrote a piece a few months ago that I predict because the Democrats have always been talking about and the media has been, has been talking about a civil war in the country. Right. And I believe personally the next civil war, should it happen, is not going to be between whites and blacks and Democrats and Republicans, but it's going to be between Latinos, American born Latinos and the illegals. Because the illegals are going to they 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 basically since a lot of them, too many of them don't know English, mm-hmm. they're going to gravitate toward the Latino areas. And they're going to start taxing that that's, that um, that infrastructure. They're going to, there's going to be crime. There's going to be poverty. And the, the American-born Latinos are going to have to physically make life so miserable for them that they're going to want to leave. Now, the people from all the other countries, that's going to be an, a, a very interesting dynamic, especially those with terrorist ties and the havoc that they're going to probably try to wreak within the next couple of years. And those coming from Venezuela? You know, the, uh, the the Venezuelans, um, they're they're going to be. I mean, I'm sure once there's a Trump presidency, if they are pushed to the point where they want to leave, I'm sure Donald Trump, uh, the American taxpayer, will will foot the bill to mm-hmm. fly them back to Venezuela. And, and I'm sure Donald Trump will have a way to sit down with Maduro and just say, "Hey, uh, you got to take your people back." Um, and economic sanctions, whatever deal mm-hmm. that he can that he can come come up with to get them to take the people back. Um, I mean, he'll he'll tell Biden to pound sand. Trump can can come up with some kind of deal when he puts his mind to it. I'm sure. You know, one of the looking at the election, there is something that there's several things that have disturbed me, like you. For a while, you know, Mitch McConnell was sounding like 
we can't win and we're just going to have to learn how to get along lately though he's acting like he's slightly more optimistic what's going on with with mitch well you know you spent some time in this 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 area of virginia or you know the beltway area and we know that well for example the median income for a person in the United States is somewhere around forty-four to $45,000. Mm-hmm. Now, people who work on Capitol Hill make anywhere between three and four times that a Absolute. year. Mm-hmm. So they do not feel the pain that the that American people, that the American people do. I, but I they're about you. They're about you. And did, have you noticed something? And I did a little quick math, and I don't know if you mm-hmm. picked up on this. With the interest rates going up, and you look at some of these people that were able to afford these $500,000 homes. Well, with the interest rates going up, because see, people don't look at the price of a home. They look at how much they can afford in their monthly payment. And suddenly, with the interest rates going up, the $500,000 home is going to have to become a 300 and some odd thousand dollar home because they will no longer qualify to buy the $500,000 home that they thought they could. And suddenly they're going to be priced out of a market because they, unless they have 300000 or 500000 in cash kicking around, they're not buying a house. And this is going to, this could be a problem. Well, the and 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 I would tend to agree with you only to the point where you're talking about um, mortgage rates and mortgage prices and costs of homes in the real world. In the in the the six counties, which are the richest counties in America that surround Washington D.C., mm-hmm. they can play with the fuzzy math. And the thing is, since they have inflated um, paychecks in the first place they can take that hit. You listen to the coldness, the callousness of people in the administration and people in Biden's cabinet who poo-poo the higher gas prices. They poo-poo the crime in the streets. They poo-poo the the inflation, the cost of food items, because it really doesn't, it, it's, a, it's a bit of an inconvenience for them, but they can afford it. Um, and And that is going to be another thing that um, I think is going to have. It's going to be a, a real problem for them come midterms. It's mm-hmm. just the American people feel that these people in, in, in D.C. don't care because the, the problems that affect us. And I and I really hate using the term. And I and I cringe when I hear people in the media use the term "ordinary people" or yeah, "average yeah. Americans." Because what does it imply that they think of themselves? Well, it, it takes um, you back to Animal Farm. All are created equal, but some are more equal than others. And that's pretty much well, their attitude. Well, we're seeing that also with the two-tiered justice system, where the and, and whether it's a, it's a, it's on the political level, where anybody like myself or someone else who has cast any doubt on the shenanigans that happened in the 2020 election. We're the election denier. Thus, we are an enemy of the people. But yet, and I just did a post a few, um, this just this week that had over 80 instances since 2000. Public uh, comments by mm-hmm. um, pundits and legislators, Democrats uh, elected um, who have uh, actively denied an election that didn't go their way. 
on the press that they they have they have tried to um, stop the certification of every Republican president since 2000. But yet, if you look at any of the shenanigans that went on in 2020, mm-hmm. and and to think that this man who spent most of his time campaigning from his basement, whenever you did see him campaigning, people were in little circles. Yeah. Or they're, they're, the the um, amount of people were something that you could actually sit there and use your finger and count, as opposed to the huge Trump rallies. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the the, the, the optics alone sh- show that there's no way that Donald Trump could have lost that election. And then, of course, with all the things that have happened that night, all of the uh, the suspension of all of the state rules when it was regarding how people vote within the states. That oh, yeah. Yeah, Georgia is one. It's a classic example where Governor Kemp, the never-Trumper, along with Brad Rassensberger, another never-Trumper, made a deal with the devil by the name of uh, Stacey Abrams, who was threatening to sue, and they just signed off by breaking Georgia constitutional law. They just decided it doesn't matter what the Constitution says. I, Brad, am signing off on this. For We're not going to have a verification of signatures. We're not going to do any of it. And we're going to put all these boxes in Fulton County, DeKalb County, Cobb County, and they're going to be filled up at 3 o'clock in the morning by who knows who. And we're not going to know once the ballots are in the box if they're valid or not because once we tear them open... You know, if you can keep counting the same corrupt ballots a thousand times and you'll get the same corrupt results a thousand times. There's nothing you can do once you put tainted ballots in the mix. You can't get them out. Right. And uh, and the thing is, that according to most of the state constitutions, they are the ones who um, dictate election law within the states. That's right. But that was overridden because of covid and uh, on the federal level, all kinds of things were changed. And, and you and I are old enough to remember that when we used paper ballots, we mm-hmm. pretty much knew who the president was going to be shortly after midnight. That's right. Because, because you also had to wait and get some of the votes for, from uh, you know, the West Coast. And then in, in some cases, you, you, they might, may or may not wait for Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But the is we would know. But then as soon as we got computers that was supposed to make life easy yeah. and the computers were, we were told we're not going to be hooked up to the Internet. Uh, <laughs> sure. But, you know, you know, take our word for it. And but you look at how what was supposed what used to be a very short process now can take weeks after an election because they have to keep counting you know, and the thing is, before mail-in ballots was sort of just sort of a um, um, a last ditch. You had to prove there mm-hmm. was a reason that you needed a mail-in ballot. It wasn't just for merely for convenience. You were going to be out of state, or you had. To, but now, anybody and his brother can get a mail-in ballot, and you could do a mail-in ballot and still show up at the ballot box on election day, and they couldn't turn you away according to the new rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and why is it that so many other countries around the world have outlawed 
electronic voting machines because they know the, the possibility. If there's a, is, if there's even the slightest possibility of fraud, mm-hmm. we don't want. It. But yet here in the United States, they're we pushing use, them. We we use we use election machines that were built in other countries. That's right, and also and think about this: you, whether you agree with them or not is not even the issue. But you get a guy like uh, Mike Lindell, my pillow, and he is convinced, and he spent a lot of money, whether you agree with him or not. Why, in the name of all that is unholy, is the FBI? wanting his cell phone why are they stopping him at a hardy's drive-in window uh to reach what has he done that requires him to be treated like a common criminal he challenged the biden administration he challenged the election so he's a the fbi has become a rogue agency in my opinion well if you also remember back in 2000 and we still have people to this day um, on the Democrat side, who said that the 2000 election was stolen by by uh, George Bush over mm-hmm. Al Gore. Right. Um, people don't remember, but back in 2000, there were 11 independent groups that recounted all of the, the ballots with the hanging chads. Right. And all 11 ended with Bush winning. Mm-hmm. If Democrats are so sure that the 2020 election was the most secure election in our history. Why won't they allow any independent groups to go in and do forensics? And those who have gone in and have shown flaws, if not downright crimes, are demonized their called all kinds of conspiracy. And whenever, also another thing too, whenever I hear something is a conspiracy theory, Mm -hmm. well, based on everything that's happened since 2016 with the Russian dossier. Oh yeah, collusion, the collusion delusion. I mean, any of these things that they called conspiracy theories, almost all of them have turned out to be true all the way up to the COVID COVID stuff. Mm -hmm. You look at conspiracy, conspiracy theories and just call them a spoiler alert. Okay. You know, the only because- difference between a conspiracy theory and a bona fide fact is about a year. That's a- it turns out pretty much. I mean, we're I mean, you know, those of us, for example, who decided and I'm just giving you my personal business over over the radio. Um, those of us who decided we weren't going to take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. The reason why I didn't want to take the vaccine is I went and I looked at what normally happens when a vaccine is brought to um, the, the... Call it the market, for lack of a better market, term. To yeah. the market. There are four phases. Mm-hmm. The first phase, I believe, is the actual creation. The second phase is um, the clinical trials or the research. Mm-hmm. And then I think the third phase is the voluntary trials. That's now, right. the voluntary trials this time was telling everybody to go out and get vaccinated. We have commercials on TV for drugs. And the, the second half of all of those commercials tell you what the negative side effects are going to be. That's right. And when you have people on the Today Show and on Fox News and all and CNN and all these, these news anchors 
and local, and especially the, the local TV stations telling everybody to get vaccinated. And they're getting paid, of course, to do that. There's money right, involved. Because of, their, because of their advertising. But did, did any of them tell you what the possible side effects would be? Not a like one. The, like there are on all of these commercials. Not a now, one. I'm sorry. Um, none of these, these news hosts and anchors have an MD after their name. So uh, there, there is no basis to believe them on anything. But anyway, the fourth phase of any vaccine is the the, 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 the long-term studies that come out. And those usually come out anywhere between six and eight and ten years mm-hmm. after the, 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 the vaccine was first created. So that's right. We don't right now. We're still in the midst of the voluntary trials. And here's something trials. else you that people don't know, and I didn't know this until. 2020 toward the end of 2020 what is the percentage of vaccines that fail to get through all four phases and never make it to market what is the failure rate it's like 70 percent mm-hmm. i mean only a third of, of vaccines ever are deemed safe enough to take and based upon prior history compared to this one this one should have been taken off the market literally within the first two months with a number of adverse effects. We had 36 people die uh, of, a, of a flu vaccine in 1976, and we pulled the plug. It was done. Mm-hmm. We don't yeah. want to know how many people have died. We, we want to pretend that nobody's dying of this, or it can't be that. Then what in the name of God is these, this sudden adult death syndrome? that's going on why are we having people dying that are between the ages of 18 and 64 at 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 much higher rates and they're not dying of covid what is it what is going on that they don't want us to know and and i'm i'm sincere about this well you, you you know i i and and we talked about this again we talked about this before the in 2019, near the end of 2019, if you remember, Donald Trump was in the midst of negotiating a deal with China mm-hmm. on trade. And it was a deal because, you know, Donald Trump has been saying for literally decades that China's been screwing us. He was tr- was pretty much leveling the playing field to, and of course, China didn't like it. And so coincidentally... In twenty at near the end of twenty nineteen, getting ready for the twenty twenty election, all of a sudden COVID comes along, and it screws everything up. Absolutely. Um, so, whether COVID was a bioweapon, which um, a lot of people are more more and more leaning toward, um, and whose bioweapon was it? <laughs> That's well, the... I, you know, it was a bioweapon that was created that would have crippled. That, that meant to, was meant to cripple the U.S. economy, which is what um, Donald Trump's deal with China doing uh, would, would definitely have adversely affected the Chinese economy. But again, you look at also you were talking about all these people who are dying. Remember when they used to say about when it came to celebrity death, they always come in threes. Yep. Now we're now we're getting them like you know one or two every one or two every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and and every a lot of people were hearing more stories about young fit athletes in their early twenties in college that are Absolutely. dropping dead of yes. heart attack. Mm-hmm. 
And and the thing is, we do not know, and it's going not going to be for another five or so years before we start knowing what the real adverse side effects for this are. But also, remember the the polio vaccine. Yes, I do. The polio vaccine you only had to take once because it was what was called a vaccine. And it was and, and the terminology of what was a vaccine at the time was you only had to take it once for it to cure or stop whatever it was that it, mm-hmm. that it was uh, to, to fight against. For some reason, we've got a vaccine nowadays that you have to get boosters for. And you have to get boosters because the boosters wear out. Mm-hmm. So you have to, and the, and the boost in this whole thing, this whole COVID uh, vaccine was supposed to enhance the immune system, yeah, which is basically weaker. So basically, they are giving everybody a mild but permanent form of AIDS, which, you know, AIDS is the acquired um, immune immune disorder, um, but, it, but basically it's the immune system. They're giving everybody AIDS. And the sad part is many people are not going to want to believe that truth. And my guest today is Bob Parks from Black and Blonde Media. You can find his website at blackandblondemedia.com. That's blackandblondemedia.com. And and Bob will be right back with me after we take this break. I want to thank all of you that helped keep this radio program on the air each and every month on shortwave radio. Many people are discovering us for the first time. Yeah, we're growing as a podcast, but we're still also growing as a radio program. So keep us in prayer if you would be so kind. And if you can help with the monthly airtime bill, October is going to be here. Yeah, real fast. If you can help us out, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. We have a new mailing address. And that address is real easy, Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee is 24319. That's 24319. And we'd appreciate it if you'd let us know also how you listen to this radio program. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The time to prepare. Shalom Aleichem. This is Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Rosh Hashanah, or in Hebrew, really in the Bible, it's Yom Teruah, the day of the trumpet blast. Comes from Leviticus 23, the Lord commanded, he said, speak to the children of Israel saying, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you'll have a rest, a reminder by the blowing of trumpets. What was this day, this day called the Feast of Trumpets, it was a day when all they did was sound the, sh- the shofar, the trumpet, the ram's horn. All they did the whole day was sound that. Why? What does it mean? Well, the shofar was the instrument of the watchman. It was the sound of the alarm. It was the sound saying, get ready, prepare, wake up, rise, get ready, something's coming. So the day, you have now a whole day when you have a day of alarm. It's saying, get ready, get ready, get ready, wake up. Because in 10 days comes the big day, Yom Kippur, the day of judgment. 
And so what this means, the meaning of this day, it's a prophetic thing here, that God is saying, wake up, get ready, because we will all meet our maker. You will meet your maker. Don't get lost in all the details of life and forget the purpose. Prepare now the time that you have. Now is the time to prepare for the Lord. Do whatever you have to do. Make right. If you're going to repent, do it now. If you're going to live right, do it now. Don't wait because you don't have forever because the trumpets are sounding. Eternity is coming and you will stand before the Lord. And this life is the feast of trumpets, the day you have to prepare. Want more? Well, ask for the Feast of Trumpets. And now the free gift for you, the mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And sapphires with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Special teachings, updates on Israel, world events and prophecy, and the secrets of strength and victory for every day of your life. So how do you get these gifts absolutely free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents, over a billion people. It's amazing. You can broadcast the gospel on shortwave radio. We do it every week and blanket the earth. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 or Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct at the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, get ready, my friend, be right with the Lord, hear the trumpets in the name of Messiah, Or HaOlam, the light of the world. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. My guest today, Bob Parks from blackandblondemedia.com. And Bob, as we went to the break, you started talking about the vaccines a little bit and some of the potential problems. Now, here's my question. As the problems become more and more apparent over time, You think the media is going to blame Dr. Fauci or the FDA for these failures? No, not at all. But here's the here's the caveat to that. They um, they will blame Donald Trump. And if you if those of us who can remember a couple of years ago, there was all out panic. People were saying, do something, do something. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump got together with the pharmaceuticals and they came up with a vaccine. After he was out of office, those vaccines and those boosters were approved over and over and over and over again. And it wasn't by Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. It was by these learned health officials and scientists and doctors who knew all the science. They should have caught this. But instead, they kept on pushing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they can do that. But, um, you know, the thing is, if they want to force people to wear masks and wear fake shields and mm-hmm. scare them into doing that, that was their problem. Ever notice how did- Lloyd Austin, when he wears a face mask and a face shield, he looks like Darth Vader? Well, he does. I'm sorry. Walking around the troops like that, I saw a picture of his face shield, and I'm going, this is reviewing the troops with Darth Vader. And and, and it it definitely 
um, exudes the, 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 the testosterone and the toughness mm-hmm. of the military to have the head guy walking around in a face shield. Um, but the the point is... Or Biden in front of Dante's Inferno. I mean. Yeah, but the, the, the Democrats have been pushing this fear while everybody else was trying to get, get beyond it. And mm-hmm. so you still have people walking today, even though Joe Biden on 60 Minutes said that the pandemic is over, there's still a lot of people walking around with masks on their face, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, the cloth mask, and the thing is, if you're walking around in a cloth mask and you're walking by um, a McDonald's and you can smell the burgers, those masks are worthless. And people should have gotten that common sense by now. But they don't. But the they don't. They, they, they simply the have been brainwashed and they won't. They can't think anymore. Well, they, 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 they think in fear. Well, they, 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 it's that. And also there's that arrogance now of not admitting when they're wrong. Now, you and I being in the media business, um, when we are wrong, we have to come out and admit it. If we don't, we lose credibility. Unless you're NBC. Or CBS. Yeah. Or CNN. Yep. And then you don't have to. Well, you can can issue an apology, but you can bury it. Um, So you can at least say it's there. It's just that, you know, if a bear poops in the woods, does does anybody smell it? You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, the thing, that thing. So earlier you were talking about also with Biden and his stormtroopers going around arresting, rounding up people and, and trying to find people who had anything to do with January 6th, even though some of these people, they, they, they weren't there, but they may have uh, um, written something in an, um, in, in an instant message on Facebook and challenged the election, mm-hmm. whatever. But the thing that these people on Capitol Hill, Capitol Hill fear the most is in October of 2020, Donald Trump signed an executive order, um, basically, it's called Schedule F. All right. Now, now Axios came out with a piece uh, about a month ago talking about this radical idea that Donald Trump put forth called Schedule F. Now, first off, it's not a radical idea. Schedule F goes all the way back to the founding because what the politicians, the president found that it would be best for him or her, but mostly all they've been all hims, to have people in the cabinet and people in the federal government who were supportive of the president and his agenda so things would go through smoothly. We have seen what happens, especially over the last presidential term of Donald Trump, right. when you have people in the federal government, people in the cabinet offices, um, people who came right out and said that they were going to resist Donald Trump. They were still getting taxpayer-funded salaries, but they were actively obstructing the president of the United States. Schedule F, and, I, and there was even some stories where, where I think it was during um, Lincoln's administration mm-hmm. that he fired, when he got elected, he fired 1,400 of the 1,700 federal employees on Capitol Hill at the time. So he basically uh, to only have fourteen hundred employees or seventeen hundred on Capitol Hill would be a blessing. <laughs> but the thing is, he cleaned house. Now, granted, there there is going to be that the potential for um, 
cronyism and nepotism. But for the most part, if you can bring your people in as any CEO who comes into a failing business and he basically gets rid of upper management and brings his, his or her own people in so that there is a smoothness, there's a con- continuity, there's no obstruction from within. Mm-hmm. So, so Donald Trump signed Schedule F in, in um, October of 2020, and then the, there was a very muted but substantial freak out on Capitol Hill. I wrote a piece about it, which is at the top of our website, blackandblondemedia.com. There's a slider at the top, and you'll see Schedule F. Um, there was a there was a freak out because Donald Trump, basically, with Schedule F, it negates the power of the unions, the federal employee unions. He can fire anybody he wants because everybody, technically, in the federal government, serves at the pleasure of the president. That's correct. Now, when, now there, there was been, there's never been a need for Schedule F. When Democrats are in power, because there's so many Democrats on, on, on Capitol Hill, nobody obstructs the the agenda of the president. Um, they were all for what Obama wanted to do. Mm-hmm. They were all for what Clinton wanted to do. And 90 or so percent donate of the federal government or the federal employees on Capitol Hill donated to Hillary Clinton's campaign. So they were going to be all in with you know They were going to be in mm-hmm. with her. But when Trump came in. There was total obstruction. He has learned so much from his first term as far as the people that he's that he's going to bring in and hopefully not as many of the self-serving backstabbers. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, the federal government, federal employees who basically were mutinous will all be getting pink slip. You're going to, you, you, you think you hear, you hear freakouts when there's a potential for a government shutdown? What, wait till you have, when, when there's, when the word goes out there, there's going to be mass pink slips going out. That's right. You know, and all of these people who are getting these inflated salaries at taxpayer expense now have to join the real world outside of the beltway. Boo-hoo. And have to get real jobs. Mm-hmm. It, it's the only thing that I think can bias some more time is to clean house and obviously too many in the republican party love to play the game of the loyal opposition and they enjoy their role as being you know the the poor scrounging party trying to save america so keep voting for us it's like i i said on my radio program the other day that I have been voting for 50 years this year. And I've been trying to fix it for 50 years. We're not going to fix it at the ballot box anytime soon. There's there's too much at stake for both sides and they're not going to they're not going to roll over and play dead on the Democrat side. They're going to fight back. I mean, when Donald Trump won, they, you know, you had traitors and I call them that. Sue me if you don't like it, Peter Strzok over there at the, you know, FBI. You're a traitor, and you planned a coup to unseat a duly elected president. You tried to keep a candidate from running. You and your lovebirds. So I don't want to hear from those people. They're part of the problem. They need to be fired. They need to be investigated. But what I'm really, what really is burning me is, is I'm so tired of the loyal opposition that makes a lot of noise to get elected, and then after 50 years, what have they really done? Not much. 
We well, are... you remember a few remember a few years ago when Mitch McConnell said because uh, you were talking about Mitch McConnell earlier mm-hmm. before the break, right? And he said, and he said, if you give us the, the give us the house, we'll be able to stop Obamacare. That's and right. And then we gave him the house and, and the then Senate. He said, if you give it, and then we give we, if you give us the Senate, we can overturn Obamacare. So we gave him the Senate. And then he came back and said, "Would you give us the presidency?" We gave him everything, and you were so Mitch McConnell. He is just another one of these overpaid, lazy politicians. He likes being, um, you know, in the social circles, the cocktail parties, the cocktail parties. He likes that, but he, you know, the thing is, the nice thing about being the minority leader is you don't have to take responsibility. First of all, you don't have to push the agenda. And you don't have to take responsibility for anything that happens that might be negative. So he's in a very lazy and comfortable coasting position. And so I am hoping, and I don't know who would be a good person for this, but I am hoping that once the Republicans take the Senate, you know who I would love to see the, be the Senate majority leader? All right. John Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and say what you want about John Kennedy, you know, the other Kennedy, as he calls himself. Look at his educational background. This guy may talk like a country bumpkin from Louisiana, but he is no man's fool. And he can assess quite well the condition of our nation. And I think he'd be a force to be reckoned with if he was in charge of the Senate. Schumer could never outdebate him. No way you could do it. Well, well, Kennedy can slap you in the face with a smile. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he, he can rip you to shreds and just do it in a way that's kind of quaint, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and the thing is, he doesn't talk down to the American people. He just sort of um, talks in a language that we, we, everybody gets. You know, you don't, there's no nuance. There's um, no parsing that's necessary. That's right. He just, he just sort of just gives it to you. And I think he would be, cause, I mean, I'm sure Ted Cruz would love to have it. We don't need to have Ted Cruz no. up there. Um, there. There's a, you know, there's some other. I like him, but, but, you know, I mean, he's all right. Someone who's, but someone who's measured. I think Kennedy would be a, a really good choice as a senator. You know, now for Speaker of the House. It's looking like it's going to be McCarthy, but I would love to see a Jim Jordan be up there. Oh yeah, um, you know the thing is, and I know it's we know it's not going to happen, but it would be great to see Donald Trump as the uh, Speaker of the House because, um, according to the Constitution, you don't have to be an elected official to be the Speaker of the House. That would be fascinating, and that puts him in number three in line. So if they impeach, as <laughs> um, should they get both uh, Harris and Biden. You know, the Harris-Biden administration being gone, it would make him the president again. Well, you know, the thing, one thing I am hoping, and I know that the Democrats will all of a sudden start screaming that the impeachment process is really divisive after they've tried to impeach Donald Trump three twice, times. Yeah. Or twice, but... Um, the well, they would have gone for a third. They, they were they were preparing. They were, they, were, they were trying to do it like, you know, the real quick, the quick, um, quick, quick deal. But uh, for the third one after January 6th. But here's the thing. I would love to see the Republicans impeach Joe Biden, because if they did that, that would make Kamala Harris president. Mm-hmm. Now, the funny thing that would be great about that 
is now all of a sudden you would have the first woman of color, quote unquote, as the president of the United States, which would mean that she would be um, pretty much the automatic Democrat nominee for 2024, right? You think. But of course, you would have a lot of other Democrats that wouldn't want her because she's Kamala Harris. That's right. They didn't want her the first time. So to see the inner turmoil, tumult, whatever you'd want to call it, between the black Democrats and the media and the MSNBC types, Going against uh, the New York Times and the the, the the Hill and all these other people who are saying that Kamala Harris is a word salad disaster that can't possibly mm-hmm. win, and so there would be there would be they'd be they'd be slinging the race card back and forth. I mean, this would be just sit back and do the popcorn thing. It, this would be so much fun to watch, and they would pretty much have to run Kamala Harris for the presidency. Um, All the way as we watch that thing. I mean, I'd be sitting out there with popcorn, you know, in the cold, watching that plane coming down in flames, ready to hit the ground. I mean, could you imagine the debates with Donald Trump or even Trump or DeSantis, whatever, against we do the things we do because we have to do those things that we do. And I mean, this is going to be what we're getting into. Oh, it it would be um, again, the Monty Python guys wouldn't. They would. They would toss. They would toss it. It's it's too it unbelievable. Too, it would be too unbelievable. Hey, in yeah. the in the few moments we got left here before we run out of time, um, last week we had the uh, uh, Tasha James up in New York, the Attorney General of the State of New York, uh, is filing a civil notice at civil lawsuit against the President of the United States and his family. If it was a criminal crime, why aren't you, why is she not doing a criminal lawsuit? Because she probably has no case. And notice well, she filed it in such a time where it'll never get to court before the election, which she is trying to win re-election in, in the state of New York. Well, she, she seems to be the only attorney general that I can recall running for office in this country that didn't run on a platform of, of crime or or trying to eradicate well, she corruption. did. She, she, ran, she gave more crime. Well, she ran. She ran against. I'm going to go after Donald Trump. That's, that's right. How, that's what she ran on. And so she has to deliver. Know, and, is, and if the Trump family business was so corrupt, why didn't anybody go after them prior to 2015? Well, or, you know. And the thing is, and why did it take her almost other, four years to come up with her with her? With a lawsuit that's going to go nowhere. It's going to be a civil lawsuit. And it's going to run out of steam. Look, to make the claim that they committed a crime means that every bank, these New York banks that are mostly run by Democrats, were participating in that crime. She's never going to prosecute it. Well, also, that business model, whatever the Trump business model is that helped them get to the the billion-dollar empire that it did, that it that it has has obviously been replicated by companies in New York State, New York City proper. Um, she could be basically either she's failed to bust all of them, or in this case, it's just a, a vendetta witch, you know, witch hunt. And it's uh, an election stunt, is what I'm going to claim. I'm yeah. going to say election stunt because after this, it'll be you know she'll make some noise. But I but I'm wondering if she 
Well, I don't think she's in trouble in New York, unfortunately, unless they have a good candidate. And unless people are finally sick of the crime, she'll be there again, sadly. You know, sadly. Well, we'll have, we'll have to wait till election day to see because the polls are not going to give us any hints. No, not right now. And I think Zeldin actually has at least has a chance in New York State. I really do. I think that Kathy Hochul is not the you know endeared herself to a lot of the population, including many on the fence Democrats. I just don't think well, she has. Uh, New York City and New York State is not Martha's Vineyard. These people who live there have to live with the crime, have to live with the filth, and they know nothing is going to change if they keep voting Democrat. And no, so unless they want some. to, in the we'll last see. in the last minute before we run out of time, any last thoughts that you want to share before we run out of time? Well, um, just people don't listen to the polls. Um, if you're going to listen to the media, listen to both sides. If you you know try you know. Um, watch Fox News, watch Fox Business, and then hold your nose, watch some CNN, watch some MSNBC. Somewhere the truth is somewhere around the middle. But don't take one side or the other. You know, the, the people who can consume one side and don't hear what the other side is saying usually are the people who sound the most ridiculous. And that's on both sides. So you have to be able to consume both. To But don't believe, also, we've heard so many in the media tell us so many things over just the last five years alone that have turned out to be not true really take take whatever you hear from them with a big grain of salt and my guest today bob parks of black and blonde media i can remember going back to like you know like i say the early 2000 when it was black and right and and i've been reading bob's material for well about 20 years now and I would encourage you to do the same. Bob's website is blackandblondemedia.com. That is blackandblondemedia.com. And I hope that you'll take the time to visit and read a lot of great material there. Bob calls himself the, the uncomfortable conservative, and you can understand why. He does take on issues that a lot of conservatives and you can understand it in this very polarized day and age, would be afraid to touch. We'll have to have you back on again very soon. If you believe in our radio ministry and work here, would you help us out to stay on shortwave radio? It's still, I'm sure, the most listened to aspect of this program. Yeah, we're growing as a podcast. And we've been on a couple of secular regular radio stations there's one i'd like to continue with i'm not sure if we can we're debating it right now but we need to hear from you to stay on radio because radio airtime is not free if you can help us would you consider making a check payable to ancient word radio that's ancient word radio our new mailing address the old one is still good to the end of october but the new one very very simple post office box 510 Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. That is 24319. And you can also support us from our website, truth2ponder.com. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, 
and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.